Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics Podcast. Reese Tiefertiller, the Honorable Shane P. Hallam. Shane, how's it going? Good, good. I'm happy to be back with you, you fine two two young men here and uh, talking some some NFL football after week one. It's it's been. I'm just happy football's back and I'm excited to watch it again. You use the term young loosely for one of us. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I'm, you know, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying for for Jeff over there. We got to be kind. Uh, Shane, I I know that many people have heard this, but you have a new gig and it's exciting. And so I was going to tee you up, tell everybody about it. So I'm really excited. I, I am managing partner of draftcountdown.com, which is one of the oldest NFL draft websites on the internet. Uh, Scott Wright, that's where I first, that's where I got my starts. Scott Wright brought me on, took me to the senior bowl. And uh, so he started in 1997. So myself and Brian Bostarge are taking over as Scott moves to other things. Um, and, and we really felt like the NFL draft uh, kind of, you know, it's popular, but there seems to be a lot of fantasy focus, a lot of different focuses. So we really want to bring it back to the draft Knicks and people that love the draft. So we've been, uh, we're doing a podcast every week, um, draft countdown, wherever you get your podcast, we are doing game notes every week. I have a seven round 2022 mock draft, a seven round 2023 mock draft, a three round 2024 mock draft, full rankings for all those years, every position, including long snapper. I was watching some high school long snappers, you know? So, uh, you know, I always say like, I may not be the most knowledgeable, but I can, I can grind with anyone. And, and, you know, that, that that's what I do. So that's what the site's going to be about. Uh, definitely bookmark it, you know, now check in if you like college football or when, when draft time hits or your team's out of it, that's, that's time to go check it out. Speaking of college football, what have been some of the surprises for you looking at some of the players or even some of the players that are not playing as well uh, the past couple of weeks of college football starting? It's definitely been interesting with some of the turnover um, with, with these quarterbacks. I think yeah. it was some of these big teams. Um, my, probably my biggest surprise was Clemson's struggles on offense. We saw against Georgia week one. I mean, I thought DJ Ongale is, is phenomenal. I still think he's phenomenal, but uh, he's definitely struggled with a lot of those basic mechanics of, of looking off defenders and going through progressions and seemed to be a little rudimentary, which was not going to work against Georgia's offense. Um, you know, so I, I was surprised that I thought it'd be a good game, but I was surprised that, that he struggled as he did. Um, that's definitely been one. And I, you know, I even think the the quarterback class in 2022 kind of got a little spicy. Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell had weak uh, week ones and and bounced back in week two. But now we have guys like Matt Corral in Mississippi and Malik Willis and Liberty stepping up. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how these next couple weeks, months uh, unfold. I think we're going to have some some juicy uh, competitions for where guys are going to go in the draft. So who's your uh... Who's your out of nowhere? All right, so these guys are all known. Zach Wilson this time last year was not there yet. Who's the Zach Wilson this year? Oh, it's it's tough. I have actually an article up a draft countdown before the season where I kind of counted down, you know, seven guys I thought could could do it. I had you know Matt Crown, Malik Willis on that list. I think they're probably off. You know, I, I think that's not quite Zach Wilson anymore. Um, and a couple of the guys that I really liked, someone like 
Phil Jerkovic out of Boston College got hurt. He's probably out for the, most of the season. Um, so, so that 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 kind of sucks. I, you know, so I think it's going to be tough to to get that. The one player that I like, I don't think he'll come out this year, but I think he might have that potential. Maybe in twenty twenty three is Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, leading that team to a top fifteen finish last year. They're a top twelve team this year. Um, it's a good RPO system, and he has some athletic ability. So he, he's he's a young player. He's a redshirt sophomore, but he's someone that uh, even if it's not this year, I think could end up Zach Wilson like. I think teams will really like them. All right. I have two players to ask you about, and then we'll move on. These are just my selfish thoughts. <laughs> First of all, two guys that have impressed me. The Florida quarterback in limited duty looks pretty good, I think, especially for being in the, that offense. Now I wanted to get your take on uh, C.J. Stroud. So oh, Anthony Richardson, uh, who I assume is the Florida quarterback you mean, because yes. Emory Jones has not been what I, what I was hoping uh, he could be. Richardson's um, played great, though. Yeah, R Richardson's a phenomenal talent. I mean, my big fear with him was just like, is he going to play? But I mean, 6'4", 236, and I mean, he can run. We've seen that. Um, has a big arm. Like, he was definitely a player coming out of high school I liked a lot. And I was like, the Florida situation kind of steered me away. So I'm going to be updating my 23 and 24 rankings. He's probably going to move up into the top five um, for 2023 quarterbacks. Um, CJ Stroud has been very up and down. Uh, you know, he, he, but my big issue with him really is his footwork and that he doesn't plant and drive the football. And I think it, it leads to the ball being usually being a little bit high, a little bit off the mark. And if he's not comfortable, then that, you know, that can create some disastrous results. I thought it really propped up in that Oregon game when he was under pressure. Um, and, you know, he's in both games, he settled down in the second half against Minnesota and, and Oregon and played well, but, he just, he isn't the talent that Justin Fields was. And, and that's problematic when he has two five-star freshmen behind him that not, maybe not this year, but next year are going to push for that competition. To me, he looks too much like Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> maybe it's the uniform, but all right. I, I want to ask you one more before we get going. what do you think about quarter uh, Texas already pulling their quarterback? I didn't like that move at all. You know, I thought it was a little soon and it wasn't his fault against Arkansas that Arkansas put up 40 some points. That, that, that didn't help. I think I, I don't think he's going to be completely benched. I know that Casey Thompson's going to get the start. I thought Casey Thompson would win that job. I was impressed with him in the bowl game. I think Hudson Carr has the physical tools and the talent, but he, he's super inexperienced um, for better, or for worse. I might say for worse, I think they're going to use a two quarterback system um, this week and give both guys playing time. I always get scared of the rhythm that a quarterback I feel kind of needs to get into that. When you do that, that we're seeing a little more in the NFL as well. Um, but yeah, I, I probably would have given him more time. Texas wasn't going to win the big 12. They weren't going to be amazing this year. So why, why not, you know, let, let the young guy take his lumps and, and bring him along. And give it to Bijan as much as possible. Yeah. Easy, easily. Oh, yeah. So who are your predictions for Heisman uh, to win the Heisman this year? Last year, it was a surprise with Devonta Smith. OU's dominated the Heisman the past couple of years. So who do you think it will be? I think the front runner right now and, and is the front runner of Vegas has to be Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama. I, I, Alabama's just so much better than everyone else. It's like, yes. it's like, 
you know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, the run game has been split between three guys. So I don't think any of the running backs going to be in contention. They have young receivers. They don't have a Devonta Smith. So I think Bryce young, and he's a, he's probably one of the best runners in college football. I think he has negative 19 rushing yards in the first two games. He has, he hasn't even had a run. Um, so we've yet to see that. Um, so I think he has to be, you know, still kind of squarely in the lead, um, for the Heisman conversation. I mean, I, I do think if, you know, the other teams that are going to be good, I think a guy like, like Spencer Rattler, um, uh, will be there. I think Matt Corral for Mississippi, if he, if he can keep putting up these numbers and plays Alabama tough, like he did last season, uh, I think he's going to have the kind of numeric value for that. If we look outside quarterback, I think it's, I think it's kind of tough. Like I always want to, cause I, I, I love last year. I love Devonta Smith winning it. Cause I love when someone that's not a quarterback wins the Heisman and um, th- there's just not too many guys. Uh, you know, maybe we see super sleeper, maybe David Bell from Purdue put up three touchdowns, 200 yards last week, like no Rondale Moore. If he can keep that going, he's intriguing. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd love to say Bijan Robinson. I'd love to say Bijan could win it from Texas. I mean, he has the talent. So rough game last week, but if he puts up a lot of yards, like he, he should at least be in the finals for sure. How about uh, Gibbs or uh, Bigsby or one of those running backs that could catch fire? I mean, the thing that stinks is those two teams aren't very good. So it's going to be hard for them to rack up yardage. And let you know, like they would if they were on a really, really good team. No, no insult to the Auburn or Georgia Tech fans out there. <laughs> I don't think the Georgia Tech fans will disagree with you at the very least. So, um, uh, yeah, and they're kind of splitting as well this year. I think if if there's another running back from that class that has a shot, it's probably Zach Evans from TCU. Yeah. Um, now he has those character concerns. He was benched in the first game for, for a quarter, but then last week runs for 200 plus yards just, uh, you know, easily. So um, he's, he's going to be the guy He's going to get a ton of carries and that's always a positive too. UCLA Zach Charbonneau. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but transfer from Michigan lit up the the first two weeks of the season. At least I think so. And he, he was a five-star prospect in Michigan. Like, so we know he's talented and I think Chip Kelly's blocking scheme is just perfect for him. That kind of one cut zone look and go, he has that speed. Like he, it, it boggled my mind. And uh, you know, like I'm an Ohio state alumni, so I don't want to, I don't like to talk too ill of Michigan (laughs) publicly, but he, you know, the first game last year, he had an 80 yard touchdown against Minnesota. And I was like, oh, here comes Charbonnet. Like, he's going to be great. And then they just didn't use him the rest of the year. Uh, and like, well, yeah, what are you doing? And, and so I'm glad to see him finally kind of break out. And uh, I, th- I think that UCLA team is going to be really good, um, you know, as well. And, hey, you know, Oregon beating Ohio State, if Oregon keeps it rolling, I mean, CJ Verdell, their running back uh, was really, really impressive. And he's probably going to carry that offense on his back. And they did it without arguably the best college football player in the nation. I didn't even mention Thibodeau for Heisman. I know because he's hurt. But if yeah. if he was playing, I would think he'd have a chance, wouldn't you, Shane? After that first week, I think I think you definitely would, because uh, you know you had the the stat line. So by you know a, a defensive player winning is a dream. Maybe my ultimate dream is still an offensive lineman one day, maybe, <laughs> but. Evan Neal, can we, can we get him in the finals? That's what I want. Can, can we get him? That, that's that's the, the rallying cry I'll be making on social media, I guess. 
you missed your chance with Panay Swell a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully soon. We've been talking a lot about college football. What it, what have been some of the more impressive players from week one of the NFL this past uh, two days or so? I, it's 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 always I feel like week one's always crazy because yeah. you just it, you never know what to expect and then when something hits it's like um is it gonna stick um so I, I you know I'll, I'll go with the guy that everyone expected to do well and did well but it's still I just want to talk about because it, it still amazes me Christian McCaffrey can be as good as he is didn't even score a touchdown and like still has the fantasy production and the production on that team Like, I still just marvel at what he can do week in, week out. And uh, it's not really a surprise (laughs) at all. Um, But, you know, he was definitely just impressive to put up that stat line. I mean, you know, I think right now that the hot talk is, um, you know, is is the 49er running back situation, which is really interesting because I, I was a big fan of both. Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. I thought they both were really good. You know, on the Debbie Marketplace podcast that I do with Kane Fassell, we definitely talked up Mitchell a lot. Um, but I, I was super surprised to see him be the number two. And then Monster goes down after his second carry and, and Mitchell takes over for 100 yards. So now Sermon will be in there. But I, it's such a good – that Shanahan system so good that you know the running back's going to produce. So I'm just really interested to see how they use those guys. And then when Trey Lance gets in there, I think it's going to be a whole other ball game of, of using runners and uh, making that happen. So, so that was that was, um, that was intriguing to me. Um, you know, receiver-wise, I was just happy that uh, – that Jamar Chase played really well um, after the you know the preseason. Everyone is just going after this guy, and um, you know, and and he, I, I still think he's an absolute stud. Um, and then I, I guess we go back to the 49ers receivers, man. What a crazy Brandon Ayuk just doesn't even see the field, and then Debo Samuel blows up like um, it's just always craziness that no one anticipated, and I think that's what makes it fun. I played against Debo, it seemed like, in every league. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one of my friends texted me, and I just said, I told him, this is the NFL soap opera. You know what I mean? Like, it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Rock, you know what I mean? Next week, we'll be talking about other soap opera things in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, the wheels just keep turning. It takes some time really to settle into what we're going to see for the season. Who's going to have that longevity. I think it's hard not to react to week one. We've been waiting for so long for football. You see it and you want to just this, this is it. Like this is what we wanted, but um, you have to try to pump the brakes a little bit or feel like you know, we, we, we can balance it in a couple of weeks. And, and the, these guys, you know, I just kind of come back and, you know, these, these, these players are going to bounce. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to, you know, be a dud the whole year so it's going to fix itself but you mentioned trey lance but if you think about it kyle shanahan besides robert griffin the third has never really had a mobile quarterback jimmy garoppolo not that mobile neither is matt ryan so you don't know if if there's anybody who could do it it'd be kyle shanahan but you also don't know how well he'd be able to use trey lance's athleticism natural athleticism just because he's never had that before Right. And, and that's why I really find, I think it's a good point, Reese. I, that's why I really find this early usage of him intriguing because it is like, okay, we've never had, I've never had this guy. Let's create some packages to see what we have. Right. It almost felt like 
kind of um, exploring those talents on the field in, in a regular season game. And if those things work, then ultimately when he starts, it's something that you can use. So I, I, I almost feel like your point is well taken that Garoppolo is probably going to be there a little bit longer than we want to, especially as long as they're winning um, until Shanahan really feels comfortable. It, you know, his job's not at stake. This isn't a Chicago bears situation. I think, I think he can ride it out if he wants to, as long as he wants to um, with Garoppolo, but you know, th- th- take guy number three, that pressure grows big. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think Lance can do those things that some, that a guy like Matt Ryan did, plus he has the legs. I think it'll be really interesting to see how it works out. Yeah. The one thing that I always, and I, I dislike when we paint with broad brushes in the fancy world. That's just my thing, Shane, because there aren't, we have small sample sizes, everything's unique, coaching staff, surrounding talent, and everybody wants to point to Mahomes sitting for 15 weeks or other quarterbacks starting week one and they flop like Darnold or Rosen or whatever, right? And, but I'm like, every situation's unique. You know, Jordan Love is not, compared to Zach Wilson, I think. I don't think you could, you know, I mean, they, you can't really compare them or, you know, whatever. And so I'm really interested to see how the Chicago and San Francisco start introducing Fields and Lawrence. I mean, because there's a, there's a point where you, the rubber hits the road, uh, Chicago playing for their uh, coach's, you know, career. And then in San Francisco, that's a tough division. They got to figure out who they are pretty quick. And uh, so anyway, to me, I just don't like when we paint with those broad brushes. I don't, sorry for the soapbox, but you know what I'm saying. Like Alex Smith, when, when Mahomes was playing behind him, was a really good quarterback at that time. I mean, he was, he was we kind of downplay him now, but he was a good quarterback. And so anyway. I, I agree. And I think we can debate that. You know, I've definitely had some debates on, on social media of like, what is the right way? Cause, cause even now I think it's even more complex this year, which is interesting to me. It's not like sit them and let them learn or start them and let them play now. Like at Lance and fields both scored a touchdown on Sunday. So, you know, it, it's tough for me to think, you know, is, is that the, is that the best way to develop them? Like is putting them in, I don't know, you know, putting them in a package. Is that better than, than sending them? Is that hurting? Th- you know, I think there's a lot of debate on what's, you know, what's best, but like you said, someone brings up Mahomes. I mean, I can bring up Russell Wilson. What you know? What, what was he starting week one and and didn't need that? So um, there's there's just so much that can play into it. And I'd like to th- think that the coaching staff knows best, but I don't know if that's always the case either. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I just hope all these guys are are dynamic. It'll make the the game better. So Reese, I I'm going to give you this history lesson with Russell Wilson because you were mighty young when all this came down. So they give Matt Flynn from Green Bay a bucket of money. Tarveris Jackson's the inherit. He's the incumbent starter. And then they draft this guy, mid-round pick, Russell Wilson. By the third preseason game, every beat writer was on Russell Wilson. In the fan, we didn't have Twitter back then like we do now. And people could scoop Russell Wilson up super early just like they did Marquez Colston and there was this divide of no it's Matt Flynn because they gave him all this money and Russell Wilson's never looked back 
Is that how you remember it, Shane? Yeah, I, I, I do. I remember that. I remember that buzz in preseason and people being like, oh, he's going to start. Yeah. And, and, and there just being no belief that that was actually going to happen. Like I was getting them fourth round of rookie drafts. Like, oh, no, you know, that, that was, um, that was definitely the case. I think when you have those later round quarterbacks, I, I think Wilson's situation was super, especially with the Matt Flynn money was crazy, but you know, even Dak Prescott was, was that way. Like people were like, Oh, you know, th- this guy's legitimate uh, because usually any quarterback, it's not a second or third round, you know, that's not a first rounder. That buzz is not there. <laughs> it's like I think they're not ready. So um, it's interesting. Cause I think quarterback might be the one position for those late round guys. Like if something is really there uh, that, you know, it can come out, but uh, that, the world was different back then. It was tough to get that information and know it was real. Well, Russell Wilson was round three pick, 75 overall. Dak Prescott that you mentioned, I was also thinking of, was round four pick, I believe. And then there's a lot of other solid uh, quarterbacks that have come from the mid to late rounds. Tom Brady being the obvious one, too. Hasselback, Bulger, um, even Drew Brees was a second rounder. Brett Favre was a second rounder for going all the way back. Oh, the Brett Favre situation always makes me chuckle because he was he was traded for a first rounder the next year after not playing, and so uh, now we know what should have happened to Jordan Love. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think uh, if if Shane Steelers had any picks left, they might trade one or two for Jordan Love, but they don't have any picks left for the next <laughs> decade. Like they're they're just pushing for that Super Bowl before Kevin Colbert retires and Ben retires together. They're, they're going to keep trying. They just have to stay 100% healthy, and, and maybe there's a chance, right? They also need to fix the offensive line. Ah, look, like uh, Najee Harris, first half this, this week, 150% of his yards were after first contact. 150%. Three yards in the backfield. Yep, he's getting hit negative two and getting one. So um, that's usually not a good sign. We'll, we'll see what happens. So we mentioned Heisman predictions. Who's your predict, prediction for quarterback one, running back one, or even wide receiver or tight end one? You mean in fantasy? Yes. Who will be the top player at each position? Yes. Oh, um, it, it's that's a really good question. Um, I, you know, I think quarterback, I, 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 I almost, I feel like Dak Prescott is, is going to do it. Well, right. Like, um, you know, the ability to do what he did against the Buccaneers. I know they lost Sean Murphy bunting and, and, you know, uh, and all that, but like, I think to do what he did against that defense was super impressive. I thought he looked maybe not hundred percent, but like 95%, he's, he's almost there. Um, so I think if he can keep that going, like, plus he, he'll run a little bit. Uh, I, I think there's just the sky's the limit for him. So I think if it's not Mahomes, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be Dak. Um, man, like RB one, I, I I just I feel like I can't take anyone but Christian McCaffrey. Like it just I, I want to right. I just want to be more interesting than that as a guest here. Uh, but I just I just can't do it because his floor is so high. Every week he's going to catch a ton of passes, um, and you know he's he's the you know RB one or two depending on your scoring this week and like didn't score like i i just don't see anyone else that's like joe mixon's not going to keep it going there's no you know i think kamara with james winston's not going to be able to match that um i think it's going to be tough i I think receiver is the super interesting one 
um, because, you know, yeah, we had the big Tyree kill game. DeAndre Hopkins looked good, but, um, you know, you know, with, if, if Dak's the quarterback, one could Amari Cooper, CD lamb do it like, like, or, or is there kind of too much of a split there? Um, so I think, I think that's really difficult. Uh, I, I guess I would probably ultimately go with DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think he'll be consistent enough. Uh, and I think he's still, you know, you look at what Christian Kirk did this past week. Yeah. He's, he's not doing that every week. Like some of that's going to go to nuke. And if that happens, I think he'll kind of rise up. And I think the Cardinals are going to be good. Um, tight end. You know what? It's hard to go against Kelsey, but after Monday night, like give me Darren Waller as tight end one. <laughs> if he gets 20 targets a game, like it doesn't matter what else happens. Uh, and, and he's really, really good. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll take Waller to pass Kelsey, pass the torch this year. Well, part of the reason why Waller probably got 20 targets is Marlon Humphrey was sitting out guarding either Ruggs or Brian Edwards or Zay Jones a lot of the time. Even though they brought in Humphrey to guard Waller quite often, they're still not going to try to pick on Humphrey. And, and I, I wonder how many teams will we see that top corner play Waller or not. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see that because I think it's – I think it's going to be tough to, you know, have your number one corner go up against a big tight end like that um, and, you know, leave, leave essentially a nickel corner outside against rugs. Like as, as much in fantasy as Henry rugs is not great for us, perhaps like you got, you have to know what he's doing on the field and you got to have a safety back. And I think, I think that is what opens things up for Waller a lot of times. So I think he's, I think Ruggs makes more of an impact than we think. And um, I think even last year is why the Raiders offense statistically wasn't as bad as I think people anticipate. But you meant, mentioned you don't think many corners can go up against Waller. I can't think of more than probably three or four and one of them he played on Monday night that could lock him down. Jalen Ramsey being one of them. Then there's a couple other guys too that probably could, but he probably won't face him. Yeah, and de- definitely not in that division uh, either. Though I-, I mentioned, I mentioned for a little Patrick Sertain on Darren Waller. I, I want to see it happen. Yeah, yeah, and it was that Monday night game was great. It was a great game. Um, you know, you mentioned your love of the draft. The stat that always gets me is the NFL draft outdoes the NBA playoffs in viewership. It's like the king during our off season of the NFL. And I, I wish they had a way to bottle that and give us better content throughout the, the uh, off season. Cause it's an awesome six months of season and a very dry six months without. I think it's so hard. I think everyone's trying to find a way to get everyone invested. Uh, and it's, it's why I love the NFL draft the way I do like the Super Bowl. There's two teams that get to play in the draft. 32 teams get to play. And no matter what, you know, you, your team's going to draft someone and get better and hope for there's hope for the future. So um, yeah, man, it'd be great. It'd be great to find a way to be able to uh, have some exciting things through the off season um, involved with that for sure. You know, what's amazing to me and I want to get both of you all's takes on this, how some teams draft astoundedly well, like this recently, we were talking about the Saints draft a few years ago, Camara, that draft. Ramchek, Lattimore. 
And then you see some like, what have the Raiders done the last five years? Or look at the Jets draft a couple of years ago when they had, uh, I guess, two years ago with uh, Big Tackle, Mims. You know, I mean, like there's some teams that have just come up dry on the draft over and over. You know, I mean, like if I'm the Raiders with their success, I trade those picks for, for, you know, for established players. You, I mean, I, you know, one of the best trades I've seen recently was when your Steelers traded for Minka, right? I mean, that was an awesome trade. No problem. Yeah. Uh, it's so here's, here's my thought. And I, I don't know this, you know, because I, there's so much that goes into it, right? It's the player it's f- physically um, how do they fit? It's mentally, then it's, development you know was the coaching staff doing now i feel like if teams pigeonhole themselves into players based on their system some what i think the raiders have definitely have done um i i think that's when things fall apart and you know uh not to pump my steelers up more but you know i think the infamous um story of the dallas cowboys that year right at 28th they had a shot to to take tj watt um and um who was who was the defensive coordinator that year was um uh yeah rob marinelli thank you so he wanted uh, he carries me shane he carries yeah see look 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 i need need reese on on every podcast he's 15 years old he carries me (laughs) I'll not have the back for it. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. That's a good one. Um, Rod Marinelli didn't want TJ Watt because he didn't put his hand in the dirt. And so they drafted Taco Charlton because he put his hand in the ground and fit Marinelli's system. Marinelli didn't last a a, a year, right? It's like if you would have taken the better player that you knew was the better player, you could have found a way to make it work. Like you got to have a system that's flexible. And I think that's what the good teams like the Saints you know, have done as we, we see this year. And I think it's such a huge piece to, to having a good draft is that flexibility instead of this player fits my system. You might not be there in a year. You know, the, the GM, the, the owner needs to say, like, draft the, the best friggin' players and let them play. Exactly. You may, when we're talking about the Raiders, isn't Mike Mayock supposed to be one of the best draft evaluator, evaluators before he went off to the Raiders? It's easier on TV than it is when your backside's on the line. I'll let Shane take this one. No, it, 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 I mean, definitely is. And I think it is an issue of just kind of outsmarting yourself, right? Like, uh, and I, I think this happens with NFL coaches and GMs. They like, you want to be the smartest guy in the room and um, make, you know, picking Cleveland Farrell at the fourth overall. It's like, I, I know more than everyone else, right? It's like, you know, I can take him and turn him into a stud, you know, taking Damon Arnett at 19th when I was like, this guy's not even a top 100 pick. Guess what? He's not a top 100 pick. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's, it's trying to get cute instead of actually evaluating the player. You know, it's, it's taking Henry Ruggs over Justin Jefferson and CD lamb because we want speed. And it, it's like, man, like you don't need that. You can take the best players. And I think it's exactly what, um, what he's fallen into is like, there's, they're, they're boxes. He just wants to check of players that he has with traits. And it's like, that's, that's not going to get it done. So it's, it's so, it is so much harder to be a GM than be me on the, on the internet, right? Because I'm just ranking players based on their talent um, and they're trying to fit them on a team. 
but like I said, I think that's the downfall. I think that the downfall is that they're, you know, you're thinking with this one track mind of making this team, you know, what you want it to be instead of taking good football players and molding the team around them, uh, which I think would be a much better approach. Well, we were talking about the Saints earlier, but they had Mark Ingram as the running back when they drafted Kamara, yet they were still able to build their system around getting the ball to this uh, pass-catching rookie who's very explosive and very elusive. And guess what? It worked. Imagine that. <laughs> like like t- taking – and I- I'm not an advocate for taking the best player available every time. Like you have holes, you got to fill holes. But, I mean, within that position, like, you know, take take Alvin Kamara in the third round and the good things. Like, oh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's – it's I'm sure if I was in that position, I would be terrible at it too. But um, you know, it's, I don't think it's sometimes as hard as some of these, some GMs make it out to be. You mentioned the whole, we have holes uh, conversation versus taking best player available. I was thinking about, and this is going to be a source of pain for me, taking Patrick Sertain over Justin Fields. While we didn't technically have the quote unquote hole at quarterback when we had Teddy Bridgewater, I'll take the franchise cornerstone quarterback over the quote cornerstone cornerback because we can never find any of those. It, it, it is the, an eternal question. Um, but I think when you have a quarterback uh, like Justin Fields, who e- even if a lot of teams did not evaluate him as a top four option in the draft uh, at, at the position, like th- there's no doubt the traits were there and the experience playing big time college football was there, right? This wasn't Jordan Love, as we talked about before, where the traits are there, but what, what did he accomplish? You know, um, did we get to see him play Notre Dame or Alabama or these kind of schools? No, you know, so, so it, it surprises me. Now, I think corner is a position that is very scarce in the NFL right now. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think there's enough corners that can play. <laughs> and it's a problem for a lot of teams. Would I have, if I was running the Broncos, would I have passed on, you know, um, certain for fields? I would have. Um, but, you know, what was happening behind the scenes? Did, did, they, did they feel like they were going to get Aaron Rodgers? You know, if that was the case, like, then maybe it's tough to take fields and throw that in the garbage if you thought you were close. That's the only thing that I, to me, that would justify that decision. The one GM who I think has had the best drafts that we don't talk about is Cleveland. I think Cleveland has had solid drafts over and over. Reese is going back and seeing if I'm, I'm right. I just meant, though, I'm not talking skill position. I think signing Kareem Hunt on the cheap was awesome. Getting Nick Chubb, okay. Cheap. But that defense is a strong defense. That offensive line is a strong offensive line. I don't think Baker Mayfield's near as good as the fancy people and all the OU fans where we live think he is but i think there is a good that team is built pretty solidly top to bottom well and i think that they are a good example of that kind of drafting good players even that don't fit right like i don't think jeremiah wusukormoa fit that defense well but was he was by far the best player available at a position in need 
like take him, find a way to use that pass rush ability, you know. Um, uh, Grant Delpit, who didn't play the, this past game, the safety from LSU that he took in the second round, twenty twenty. Uh, same deal. Like I, I, he he was my number two safety. I thought he was uh, he was excellent, and you know maybe he wasn't the best fit, but he you know, he found a rotational role and he's been really good when they've needed him. So, um, you know, and then you find a couple of gems in there, like that, that's what happens. I mean, Jedrick Wills has been exceptional. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's good. Like even, you know, I, I, a good guy that fantasy will know a guy that I think um, maybe really shows that is Harrison Bryant, right? They drafted him. Uh, why, why take a tight end? You had Austin, you signed Austin Hooper, the big deal. You have David Njoku, right? But like Harrison Bryant can play, and maybe it's not this year, maybe it's not, not even next year, but at some point that pick's going to pay off. And if it doesn't, it was a late pick, but he was the best player by far athletically. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the drafting is really what's, and, and getting a good coach is putting Cleveland in position to be a contender. You mentioned having great drafts. It's easy to have great drafts if you have the number one, number two overall pick. <laughs> True. Hopefully, hopefully. I'm sure if one of us was running the, one of those drafts, we could have come up with the decent picks. The Jets haven't. And the Jets haven't <laughs> picked in the back half of the first in a long time. Since you know Rex Ryan was admiring you know Mark Sanchez's feet. But that's been a long time. That was a long time. <laughs> don't bring it up to Jets fans yeah I know I know then for me Mark Sanchez is almost is like James Winston though yeah they're a, it's a characterization you know I mean but anyway yeah. so who are some players that the fantasy community is either way too high or way too low on they're basically outliers essentially well um so I think from the, the way too high aspect, I, I like this player. I still th- I think he'll do okay, but I do think the Darnell Mooney hype got uh, out of control a bit. Now he did he did play every snap for the Chicago Bears, which which I think there's only less than um, ten fantasy players that played 100 of the snaps for their teams. So that's a good sign. They used them a little bit, but I, I just I don't think he was going to reach the heights when uh, you know people were. Uh, kind of pumping him up and um, putting him out there. Uh, and I, I, I think as well, you know, one rookie that I thought was a little bit overhyped. I mean, I definitely like him and have my shares. I think is Elijah Moore, um, you know, one of those players that like, I think was a value early. And then the hype train just like rolled him into, uh, you know, in rookie drafts going before Devonta Smith and before Jalen Waddle. And it's like, well, man, like that's, that's just too expensive. Right. Cause I think that happens in um you know in the fantasy community sometimes we just get on a player and this echo chamber happens a little bit and it gets easy and I, I like i i fall into that trap as well um as someone who you know can can hit that guys that i think are they're too low on you know i i still think i think josh jacobs i you know i i think he's never going to be what we want as fantasy players catching footballs and being like this stuff but i mean he's dropping the fifth and sixth round of redrafts he scored two touchdowns, you know, like that's what he's going to do. Um, I'll take him as a flex on my team and take those, those weeks and have a couple bad weeks tossed in there. That that's, you know, it's perfectly fine with me to, um, you know, to have those, those type of players. Um, and then see if I can think of one more that I think people are 
uh, too low on. You know, I'll I'll say this, and maybe after week one, this is this seems silly, but uh, I, as you mentioned before, Jeff, I think Debo Samuel is was one of those players that people were just like too low on when every I mean every year I've been impressed with him and he fits that team so well. So I don't know if we're going to get thirty plus point weeks every week, but I do think that putting him out the pasture was a little premature by the community. I would even say we were way too low on Waller. I mean, yeah. it, but I have two that I wanted to ask you about. When I rewatch the Saints, Marquez Callaway looked like he was running on the beach in sand. He looked slow. And Green Bay's not exactly a top-end defense like Tampa or somebody like that. But the one who I think we've overreacted to negatively is Zeke. So I was going to get you, both of you all's rest of season look on Zeke and Callaway. Just, you know, I mean, because it's a long season. And uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued by it. I, so for me, I think Callaway was just, it was just too much preseason hype for a player that, that wasn't going to uh, meet that. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't invest too much through a couple leagues. I was like, well, I want a, sh- a share or two just to, just to be safe um, in that offense. But when Jameis Winston's thrown five touchdowns and he's not getting much, like, like you said, I don't, I don't think he's a super talented player or he probably would have, we would have found him before. That's usually what happens with receivers. Like we, we, de- we have late round guys break out like late round rookies, second year players, but usually guys that are, you know, second into third year, like, I think we usually figured them out. You know, maybe they can have a one-year wonder kind of deal. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on Zeke. Um, I, I think I think week two might be rough for him again, but I, I think he's gonna that schedule lightens up real quick and real nicely. I mean, he was playing guard, like he was playing offensive guard because <laughs> uh, Zach Martin wasn't out there, and that's what they needed him to do. They were checking out of runs. Um, I, I think he's going to come back and and be really good. Um, for sure. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still definitely holding him and I've, I've sent a few offers out. Uh, I'm going to send some more after week two, probably. For I'm first going to talk about Zeke, but I'm not a thousand percent sure on his schedule. I don't know what his schedule looks like besides like his opponents. And I know he's playing the AFC West, which has the chargers, which are a decent run defense, the chiefs who are pretty good run defense the Broncos, who are pretty good run defense, and then the Raiders. And the, for the NFCs, Giants usually had a, they had a really good defense last year. They got started by the Broncos, so that's TBD. The Eagles have still Fletcher Cox and a de- couple of decent uh, defenders. And then the football team has one of the top five defenses in the league. <laughs> Sorry. And and I, I trust Zeke's workload, but I don't trust the player as much. We talked about the cliffs pe- players go off of. Could Zeke have hit his? Possibly, but do you think, Reese, some of that's going to be game script? Plus, he gets Zach Martin back. Yes. But they're not going to be playing from behind the whole game. I mean, sure. he, he's going to have some three one-yard touchdown run games. True. Dak even had one of those last year. Yeah. But... <laughs> Dak cuts into Zeke's uh, goal line workload. He's game script dependent. He's he's not worth the high first that he was going for. 
So I'm not a thousand percent sure sold on him yet. And for Callaway, I feel like the safest option with he he was going too high, but safest option is just to wait him out. And go with maybe wait for Mike Thomas. Yes. Proactively stash Thomas. Yeah, I'm I'm actually interested in when Thomas comes back. Like like you yeah. said, Reese, you know, if you wait out, Callaway could could that open things up for him? And maybe the hype, you know, led to defenses keying on them a little bit. Not, I, I think the Zeke discussion is good. Like, I, I don't think there's a right answer here because, right. I mean, you know, I probably would have said the same thing about like Todd Gurley and and Le'Veon Bell when he was with the Jets. Like, oh, you know, give it a, a couple weeks. So, you know, it. Uh, hey, you, you could end up correct there for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely still interested. Um, but, uh, you know, there. There's new running backs emerging, and I think after if you know poor week two that I think will happen, it's going to get it gets tough real quick to start these guys when they're putting up three four points, um, and you can't do it anymore. Well, if you're zero and one, you you know now you're zero and two, and you're like, how much do I trust that seat guy? You know what I mean? Like that's that's our human nature is when our skin's on the line. That's when we, you know, it's easy to give advice when it's somebody else's team. Very true. You have any closing questions for him? Do you? Yes. I have a question for both of you guys. Oh, my. Suspense. <laughs> it's twofold. What do you make of Belichick saying he's going to decrease the workload of Harris, possibly make J.J. Taylor active over Stevenson? So to me, New England running game should pique all of our interests. Similarly, I'm skipping over Baltimore because I think it's Latavius and Tyson because I think they're better than the other two. But I think that the Niners with Mostard saying uh, he's out for the year, super interesting. With Sermon, with um, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah hasty. Mitchell, hasty. But I also Jeff think Wilson. that Jeff Wilson's a guy you should stash. And uh, – Anyway, get you all's take on if you're advising fantasy owners, how do you play it? Because you don't have unlimited bench spots. You know, you can't, you got to prioritize this situation, but you know, each one of them, there's a lot of upside. Well, yeah, I think those both are loaded. Um, I think, I think the 49ers, like, I, I think we got, we got to keep, uh, keep with Mitchell a little bit. Let's see what he can do. I do think Trey Sermon, will get you know at least a, a decent split there pretty soon like hasty can't pass block it right. was bad and so i think he gets out now I, I like the jeff wilson call and i think he could probably wait you still wait a little bit on him um until there's some word when he, he'll come back um but you know whoever whoever is getting the most carries is worth is starting you got to start him every week um for sure new england i I don't know how you, you bench Damian Harris. Like it, it just, come on it, it, five snaps of JJ Taylor trying to pass block and, and Belichick will be yanking him right off the field. So I, I, I think, I think Harris, uh, even if he has, you know, maybe it's a quarter of let's, let's try this, but uh, they're, they're already Owen one in the division, you know, Belichick can't get too cute. Like he could when he had Tom Brady. What do you think Reese? I think Patriots situation, as always, it's much better for best ball leagues than you have to say your lineup every week just because you don't know how it's going to play out. 
you don't know if Jonas Gray is going to drop 200 yards, four touchdowns on Sunday Night Football again. You don't, <laughs> you don't know if any of that's going to happen. What year was that? 2014. We were driving back from St. Louis. And who was that against? Indianapolis. Remember, we were driving back from Look at Shay. I know. I'm just. Oh, like, what? No way, man. <laughs> and, and so if you think 2014, he was eight at the time, Shane. Yeah, that, that's, that's nuts. All right, go ahead. Love it. So I would keep Harris as a flex, but I'd still question starting him, like as a running back one or two, even though he did tear up a very good Dolphins defense. Yeah. And Sermon, wait a week just, just to see if this character issue that was reported is legit. And if it is, Elijah Mitchell looks to have a backfield almost to himself. And that's 25 plus points a week, almost guaranteed, uh, depending on matchup. But if Sermon does cut in, that's probably 13 points for him and 12 for Mitchell. They're both decent flex options. That's a great offense to invest into. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Great offense. Shane, it's been great having you. Um, We thank you, and we hope you'll come back on later in the season. Absolutely. Love, love. what, what what you do and Reese, you know, really enjoy the book, man. And I uh, appreciate you, you know, get me a copy let me look at it early and, and taking my feedback. So it, it's, uh, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's going to be awesome. And I, I'm always happy to come on and talk football with you guys. It's always a great time. I always have fun. And we didn't pub the book because it's, you know, it's redraft, but we do thank you and the others who provided feedback and help, help him get better because, He's got it. He's he's outgrowing his father's abilities, and so we need feedback from other sources. Not yet. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> I've been busting on you all game. Oh, oh, that'd be nice too. Have a great one, Shane. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller. Tiller.